This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Star Wars, the one with the little wizard boy. Welcome to Rogue One Radio, your source for sweet jams and conversations about a galaxy far, far away. And now, from the remnants of Jeddah City, it's Rogue One Radio. Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Hey folks, welcome to Rogue One Radio. This is episode number 34, is that right? Yeah, I think it's 34. Uh, Yeah, 34. Yep, 34. And I am one half of your host team, Steve. With me is Charlie Red 5. And joining us tonight is Nicole. You might know her as uh, Peace, Love, Star Wars. And uh, from the Twitter, and uh, she is going to help us talk about Attack of the Clones tonight. Uh, before we jump into all that, uh, Charlie, how have you been this week? What's been going on? Oh, man. Uh, it has uh, been a week. Um, having some back troubles, so I had to schedule a doctor's appointment for that. Uh, and then work has just been uh, out of control uh, this last uh, couple of days. Um, we've had uh, a lot of wind, high wind here, uh, 50, 60 mile an hour gusts and whatnot. And, uh, you know, uh, here in the desert plains, there's nothing to stop it. No trees, no buildings, no nothing. It just blows right through. And that makes Internet awfully iffy. Uh, when the sun goes down, the wind stops, but you know, uh, it, it's pretty crazy. And so the afternoon, everything gets bogged down at work and they, where's this project? I can't send it to you yet. Cause the <laughs> internet's not strong enough. I got to go throw a couple more chipmunks onto the wheel and, uh, sure. hope for the best, but no, it's, uh, it's been a good week. Uh, did a rewatch of, uh, attack of the clones, uh, did a rewatch with, uh, our uh, discord group with uh, WandaVision. Uh, and that, that was a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that, that's my week. How's yours? Awesome. Um, not too bad. It's been kind of a slow week. Um, I did finish, uh, I finished season one of Titans. I uh, have not started on season two yet. Um, what else has been well as far as video games just kind of playing the fallout and uh, haven't really deviated from that too much um as we mentioned last week i've been ramping up on my comic book reading uh so this week i read a uh a story called justice league justice no more um another one called year of the villain hell arisen uh, and the Batman who laughs, and all this was in preparation for an DC event that just finished, just wrapped up, 
earlier this month that I hadn't gotten to read yet. And I had started to read it and I was like, what's going on? And a buddy of mine was like, yeah, you got to read all this other stuff before you can understand where they got to where they're at. I'm like, oh, great. Let's start reading all that. So I did start on Dark Knight's Death Metal. Uh, there are seven issues, and last night I finished issue number two. So uh, we will uh, we'll see how that turns out. Cool. Nicole, what have you been up to this week? I don't think she heard you. What, what have you been up to, Nicole? Oh, there we go. <laughs> what have I been up to? Well, um, last week, my article, uh, Travel to Hawk, I published that. That came out on Twin Suns Outpost last week. Been busy watching Attack of the Clones, having some fun in Discord, you know, with our WandaVision watch party. That's always fun. Um, also been reading The Light of the Jedi as well. So it's been a, a slow yeah. week, but it's been filled with plenty of other productivity. That's a good one. Light of the Jedi is good. Are you enjoying Light of the Jedi? Oh, I'm enjoying it. I'm not completely finished yet, but I'm getting there. But I've been really enjoying it. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, Light of the Jedi was good. I wrote a, uh, (laughs) I wrote a review for uh, of it, among other things, for uh, Future of the Force. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I wrote. I, I I started reading that pretty much the day it came out, and I'm I'm really looking forward to the next one that comes out uh, a week from Plus, today. Right? Actually, yeah, a week from today that comes out. Hey, yeah. uh, RFB is with us. Welcome. Good Hi. To see you again. Um. So, if you haven't guessed already, uh, we are continuing our star uh, our Skywalker saga. Uh, retrospective, and tonight we will be uh, taking on Attack of the Clones. So we'll do that later in the show. Um, uh, Even later in the show, we've got our top five list, which uh, should be interesting. We're going to talk about our top five Sith Lords. (coughs) Um, It wasn't a huge um, abundant news week, but we do have a few things Mm -hmm to uh to discuss that we're going to go over um so there's that uh but before we jump into the news which is up next uh we are going to take our first uh music break and this first song the song is actually called star wars i i found it uh, interesting that I this band that I had been talking to about getting uh, getting one of their songs played on the podcast uh, I ran across one of their albums and they had a song called Star Wars so I was like hmm we've got to play that um, so this song came out on an album called words I had back in June of 2019 and the band you're gonna love this is called bathroom of the future <laughs> So uh, let's start things off with that. And uh, where is, where's that? Um, oh, there we go. Well, I hope it didn't hide in the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> well, here we go, folks. Oh, 
Right, that was Bathroom of the Future with Star Wars. Interesting name. Interesting name, yeah. Um, those guys are from Michigan. Cool. Um, and yeah, so that was our first music break. Uh, you are listening to Rogue One Radio. Uh, welcome to Greg and RFB in the chat room. Uh, we are part of the Red 5 Network, if you didn't already know that. And uh, see, RFB says, go look up a Star Wars band called Twin Sister. Twin mm -hmm. Sister. I Hopefully it's I... not related to Twisted Sister. <laughs> that could be quite fun, though. <laughs> I think right. the... Uh, yeah, I'll have, to, I'll have to check them out if they've done anything in the last few years. Um. All right, so... Next up is our news segment. Like I said, we don't have an abundancy of news today, but we do have some interesting stuff that popped up. Just not a lot of it. 
Um, first piece of news is uh, comic book related. Um, so back in the 90s, Marvel Comics did this uh, huge, uh, I say it's a crossover event, but really it was like a, almost like a reboot uh, called Heroes Reborn. And uh, essentially it was uh, in the kind of the aftermath of an event called on the Onslaught event. And all of the heroes basically, it, basically it was just a reboot and it was a way for Marvel to, um, I don't know, kind of, uh, kind of reboot their universe and get new readers involved uh, in in the uh, you know in the main books and try to get more people into it. Um, so yeah, that was the that was late nineties, and um, so Marvel's announced that they are going to do something similar. Uh, as far as I know, it's still called Heroes Reborn. Um, there's a trailer out there on YouTube for it, uh, which I, you know, I read that, or I, I saw that earlier this week and, uh, it looked pretty interesting. It didn't really give us a whole lot of information. Um, but, uh, much like the original, uh, it's meant to be a kind of a fresh starting off point for Marvel fans, uh, try to help kind of streamline the continuity. Um, I'm not, I'm really not sure why they would go back and do this because the original project didn't really work out that well and only ended up lasting like a year. Uh, but uh, it will be interesting to see what they have in mind uh, yeah. and where they're going with that. Um, I mean, personally, I read more DC than I do uh, Marvel, uh, mm -hmm. but I still, you know, I still do read some uh some marvel from time to time of course i think almost all of the marvel that i'm reading now is all the star wars i don't i don't really read uh much outside of that i was reading the uh oh what was the name of that event that just happened a few months ago um the dc one no it was a marvel one uh empire oh. empire mm. uh that was that was a it was okay um Nothing, nothing to write home about. Uh, also joining us just now is Kim Ray. Welcome to the chat, sir. Glad to have you. Hey, Cam. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't know. Uh, I'm thinking that uh, they're starting this, um, uh, the comic uh uh, version of this because they they've done one uh, similar and I think this is kind of where they were going with it uh, on Disney Plus with uh, Wanda and Vision uh, and I can't remember what the name of it was but uh, when you w w when you log into Disney Plus and you go to the Marvel it's one of the subsections in there and it was a show and it has different episodes and one of them uh, one of them's uh, Wanda gives you a little backstory on her some of her abilities things like that uh, from I believe it even goes into the comics as well as way from the the movies and then there's one for Vision uh, and that got a lot of views, uh, surprisingly, from what I read. Uh, so it's, maybe they're trying to do something like that with the comic side of things as well. If it worked for Disney Plus, let's see if it works for the comics. 
maybe. Yeah, it's called Legacy, the show you're talking about. Oh, yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, Legacy. Mm -hmm. Very cool. It's really good, actually. I expect that they're probably going to do that all the way through because I think they're connecting all the Marvel movies leading, I mean, series leading up to the big movie. So, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, so just real quick, also joining us uh, just now is uh, Mr. Rez. Welcome. Welcome to the party. Mr. Yeah. Rez, you are a treasure. <laughs> Thank you very much for that awesome post that you did earlier today. Uh, much respect, sir. Thank you very much. <laughs> so uh, to continue with the news and uh, Nicole, mm -hmm. uh, good thing you're sitting down. Oh. Because <laughs> according to the Hollywood Reporter, uh -oh. HBO Max is in talks with several potential writers to bring the Harry yep. Potter series to HBO Max. New, yep. new somethings, don't really know much about it other than they want to bring that over. Uh, so more possible stories from the Harry Potter universe. Uh, and I, for one, uh, am beyond excited. Uh, I mean... Well, let's see. I can see. Wait. Uh, eh. Dark Mark. <laughs> Deathly Hollows. Uh, I'm de definitely a uh, Harry Potter much. fan. Uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, just like I am with Star Wars, any Star Wars story is a good story. Uh, uh, I'm excited for what the future could bring in as far as more Harry Potter stories. Mm-hmm. But you very know, limited I, information. It's new. Yeah. I, I you know, I'll believe it when I see it. It's one of those that, you know, you see how long it took for us to get Obi-Wan Kenobi, and we still don't have it. So I'm I'm curious and you really haven't heard anything from JK Rowling's herself on this. So I'm just kind of like, okay, I'll believe it when it happens or when the official things. Although what I'm really excited because this was official yesterday was Hogwarts legacy will be coming and that's yes know, I'm sure you're getting there but I'm I'm excited about that for the game systems yes that is yeah. happening that's official uh yeah I'm, I'm excited for that as well um I don't know it if they take her it's not her stories it's different writers she just yeah. has to pass off you know, yes, do it, you know, or mm -hmm. you could do it. Uh, very similar with, uh, well, like the um, uh, Fantastic yeah. Beast series. You know, mm -hmm. she uh, she didn't write it. I mean, she wrote part of it, uh, you know, in her original books. But, you know, she had to give her okay and go ahead. And uh, she was uh, available to help them with anything that they needed help with. Uh, yeah. But yeah, uh, uh, um, I'm excited for it. I'm hopeful for it. Yes, it's uh, very new news. So we'll see. Fingers we'll crossed. See. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's good news for Harry Potter fans out there. What else you got, Steve? <laughs> um, well, we've got an update regarding the Andor show. Um, now, this might seem like bad news, but... I try to look at the silver lining in things. 
Um, so the announcement was uh, Alan Tudyk um, announced that he is not going to be in the first season um, of Andor. Mm-hmm. So that's a little disappointing that we won't get to see K2SO uh, in the uh, first season. But by him specifically saying he's not in the first season, it's a clue. Uh, that is, uh, I mean, that leads me to believe that, that uh, unlike the Obi-Wan show, which is only going to be one season, uh, it looks like they are planning for multiple seasons. And that has been confirmed. I actually uh, read an article about this on uh, Star Wars News Net, and uh, it does say um, he he does uh, he does say I'm not I'm not in it, uh, but I'll eventually be there. Um, so it looks like we are getting multiple seasons of Andor, which I'm pretty happy about. Um, Really excited about that show. Uh, mm-hmm. So, as I said, a little bit of bad news that we're not going to get to see K2SO in the first season. Uh, but good news that there is potentially going to be more than one season. I just want to see them. Um, you want a fresh one? You know, it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, it's, you know, just give me that on a loop and I'll be happy. Yeah. Uh, so you, you've got some more stuff. I do, and uh, this is also Star Wars related, uh, and let's just say the fans have spoken and the Star Wars gods have listened because in development, Knights of the Old Republic games, yet again, don't know much about it. Uh, everything I've seen so far has said um, it's not EA, it's not Bioware, so it's going to be a new company, and this company is a company you're not going to expect. My first thought was Rockstar, but that's a pretty big developer, so I don't know if I would, you know, we get that. We talked about that uh, last week, about uh, if yeah. Rockstar would uh, develop a game. Uh, that would be amazing. Uh, to get a uh, game from them, uh, a Star Wars game that would be more like an open-world Knights of the Old Republic game. But, yeah, when I saw it, oh, man, my heart skipped a beat because those are two of my favorite games of all time, and I cannot wait to see more news come out about this. Uh, Yeah, so excited. Yeah, Do you think it might come underneath the header of Lucasfilm game since they announced that they're going to be doing bringing that it back? Is. Yes, it, it will be under Lucasfilm games. Everything, every Star Wars game uh, from now on will be under that banner, uh, regardless of who makes it, whether it's EA or another another company. It will be uh, produced by uh, Lucasfilm games. Sweet. <laughs> Very yes. cool. Yeah, I, I can't wait. Uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I did notice a piece of news that I'm sure you probably have uh, the, on your radar. Uh, and it basically goes, uh, you know, it's about the, the game that you were mentioning that you were playing. Yeah, um, not, not a huge uh, piece of news, but the Fallout 76 uh, has released a new update. Um, 
I have not played since the update. So I, I think the update actually just happened today. Uh, so I haven't got on there and checked it out. But from what I have read, uh, you know, it's uh, the article that came from, uh, where did I get it from? GameSpot. Uh, says that it is a big one and it's available on all platforms. So uh, PlayStation, PC, uh, Xbox, all those. Uh, the biggest change is that your stash limit has increased to 1,200 pounds. Uh, so, you know, they, they say that is the main change, but um, when I look at the changes that are going on in the uh, in this update, uh, the next one is really the one that makes, uh, seems like a, a bigger game changer to me is that they're they're re um, they're reformatting the inventory tabs, making it uh, easier to organize your gear and figure out where everything goes. Um, and then uh, you know you can you can uh, like right now all your stuff is basically under one uh, one tab, and uh, you you've got to go through these like sub tabs. So uh, it's going to make it a little bit easier to, uh, to view your inventory. Um, and then there, there's a few others. They're, they're adding some uh, new interface updates to the atomic shop and to uh, vending machines and whatnot. And um, uh, they're also making some updates to the daily op mission. So if you, if you are a, uh, a player of Fallout 76, you will understand what I'm talking about. And if you don't, you will have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I, I really, I'm a, I'm kind of obsessed with, with Fallout in general and Fallout 76 is pretty much my go-to game. Um, but yeah, they, they do an update. I don't know, probably once every quarter, I think. Um, so we've actually been expecting this one for a while and they finally decided to release it and, uh, yeah. So there you have it. Another fallout update. Awesome. And well, I think you've got something else going on too. You've got a, uh, you, you've got some news, uh, regarding, uh, comic books, I think, or possibly Disney plus. Yeah, uh, actually, it's uh, kind of uh, a combination of both. Um, that they announced that there's going to be a new series on Disney Plus, and it's called Marvel Behind the Mask. Uh, and it's uh, from the synopsis. It says it's uh, the since the very inception of comic books, secret identities have been an integral part of both superhero and villains leading normal lives. But it's the characters beneath that resonate with us across generations of fans. Um, and since the uh, advent of Marvel Comics uh, in the early 60s, uh, the writers and the artists have used the notion of identities to examine the uh, evolving concept of equal rights. These legendary Marvel creations and stories have not only reflected the world outside our window, they have become a reflection for our own identities and who we truly are. Marvel's Behind the Mask will feature guests from across Marvel's 80-year legacy, including the writers and artists behind the rise of characters like Black Panther, Miles Morales, 
Miss Marvel, Luke Cage, the X-Men, Captain Marvel, and many other characters in the Marvel Universe, highlighting Marvel's impact on pop culture and the media. So that was from their uh, official press release, but uh, it really seems interesting uh, that you get this this close-up look of some of our favorite characters and uh, not only are you just going to get like maybe a history lesson, you're going to see what it meant from the creators uh, and the people that drew them, uh, um, what it meant to them to bring these characters forward and how it impacted uh, them and uh, pop culture, which I think is really cool. I can't wait to see uh, uh, all of them, really. I- I'm a big uh, superhero fan of any shape, form, or size. So yeah, yeah, bring it on. Let's uh, let's see it, and it's on Disney Plus. So you can watch it many times. Uh, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and I believe that is all that we had for news. Uh, Nicole, is there anything I missed that you may have come across over the week? I. Th- no, I think you gentlemen have covered the basis from rumors to facts, <laughs> and I think we're good. I think we are ready for, for the next awesome. part. Well, next up, we will be talking about Attack of the Clones, the episode two in the Skywalker saga. Uh, but, of course, before we jump into that, we have got another music break. And this one, let's see what I have next in the, uh, oh, where did I, uh, where did I put it? Okay. Uh, sorry about that. Okay. So this one is by a band out of Boston called Kid Gulliver. Uh, this was a, uh, this was a single released, uh, last June. Um, and it's called I Want to Be a Pop Star. <laughs> so let's see what you folks think about this one. This is a pretty good one. Their twist. 
Kid Gulliver with I Want to Be a Pop Star. That was interesting. I was not expecting that voice. Yeah. Um, it, was, it was definitely um, <laughs> on the softer side. I, I almost expected something a little more uh, angsty uh, yeah. for, for a, uh, you know, uh, a rock or, or punk sound. Yeah. Um, especially with the uh, with the title being, you know, I want to be a pop star. Uh, you know, it just, uh, uh, yeah, it it was cool, but not yeah. not necessarily what I expected. Yeah, I liked it. Um, I I heard from like I was telling you earlier before we went on. Uh, you know, the, these these labels send me stuff, and uh, they sent me something of theirs that um, actually has isn't released yet, but it's just kind of announcing it. And they're they're basically they're doing a uh, they're doing a cover of the song Beauty School Dropout. Oh, cool. Um, so I saw that and I was like, well, that's interesting, but you don't have it and I can't play it. So uh, <laughs> I'll just play something else of theirs if that's all right with you. And they're like, yeah, cool. So, uh, yeah, so fun stuff. We got some more music coming up later. Um, did I tell you that we found a new drummer, by the way? Yes. Okay, yeah, how's that working out? Okay, yeah, it's working out really good. Uh, it's very solid, very consistent, uh, not afraid to uh, give his input, which is great. Uh, already helping us in the songwriting department. So we should have some new stuff coming out here in the next couple of months, hopefully. Awesome. Um, looking forward to that. We've, I mean, we are kind of on a, uh, on a prolific writing uh, binge right now. Got a lot of stuff. Work, that we're working on. Uh, I, I'll tell you what, if uh, if the crowds ever get too big and too unruly, uh, just send me out to sing, and uh, that will definitely get the fans to uh, to leave in droves. So, well, yeah, we you know we haven't we haven't done very many shows in the last in the past year. Um, I could probably count on one hand how many shows we played in 2020. Uh, off the top of my head, I can think of four. <laughs> wow. 
Um, yeah, we didn't. We have not played since November, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, but I think Nicole wants to be in the band too. Does she? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you could be our kazoo player. I'll get up there, play. I'll sing. I'll dance. Whatever. There you go. Awesome. Fun stuff. All right. So our All main right. topic. It is that time. Pack of the Clones. Absolutely. Kick it off for us there, Shirley. All right. <laughs> Let me get my radio announcer voice going here. <laughs> there is unrest in the Galactic Senate. Several thousand solar systems have declared their intentions to leave the Republic. This separatist mo- movement under the leadership of the mysterious Count Dooku has made it difficult for the limited number of Jedi Knights to maintain peace and order in the galaxy. Senator Amidala, the former Queen of Naboo, is returning to the Galactic Senate to vote on the crucial issue of creating an army of the Republic to assist the overwhelmed Jedi. And there's your opening crawl. All right. So, uh, we're kind of going to, I guess we're going with kind of the same format we did uh, last time and just kind of discuss our overall thoughts. Um, and let's let our, uh, our guest start things off. Just overall thoughts on the movie. Oh, okay. So I think my overall thoughts have changed. I think since we've seen the Mandalorian season two, I think when I watch it now, I look at it and I view it differently than I did before. Um, mm-hmm. Most only with Boba because I'm like, ooh, hey, maybe I'll get a few more Easter eggs than I did before. Um, overall, I mean, is it my favorite Star Wars movie? Well, not really, but it definitely <laughs> comes with some good lessons and some good things that bring lots of content and lots of what we need for Star Wars too. So overall, I mean, it's a good movie. It's not my favorite, but yeah. <clears throat> Kind of the same. I mean, it's it's not horrible. Uh, it's a Star Wars movie, so it's it's good in that we got uh, you know more Star Wars. Um, as far as whether or not it's a uh, it's a favorite, um, absolutely not. <laughs> um, in fact, uh, I want to say. I want to say it was actually the very first episode of Rogue One Radio. There was oh geez, uh, either November or September or or December of 2019. Um, uh, we had not started our top five list yet. Uh, on that episode, we actually did a ranking of all the films that had come out uh, at that time. Um, at that time. Um, Rise of Skywalker had not come out. Um, So we were working up through Last Jedi. And uh, (laughs) out of the 11, uh, I'm not, I'm sorry, not the 11. Out of the 10 uh, that were out at that time, um, Attack of the Clones was number nine in my ranking. So uh, definitely not a favorite. Um, But... But yeah, yeah, like like Greg said there, uh, it's Star Wars, so I can't hate it. Just doesn't make the fave list. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But has, has your mind changed towards it since The Mandalorian season two came out? Just curious from both of you. Because like oh. I said, like me, I'm like going, oh, it's changed my mind just a little bit. A little bit. Not, not so much. Not so um, much. I mean, you're, you're referring specifically to Boba Fett, um, I'm assuming. Mm -hmm. um, and who so, else knows what will come from that now? Yeah, I mean, it didn't really change my opinion of Boba Fett because I've always liked Boba Fett. And, right. and the fact that we did get to see him in Mandalorian Season 2 was uh, yes. quite quite the fan's moment. Um, and, and to see... And to see the actor that played Django play Boba was just perfect. Uh, yes. <laughs> you can't yeah. go wrong with that. So, yeah. Um, so, man, you know, Boba in Mandalorian 2 was awesome. I loved it. Um, didn't really change my mind about Attack of Clones all that much. Okay. Just curious. Um, uh, I'm in the same, uh, same category. Uh, out of I'll even include the uh, out of all eleven, uh, it's still number eleven. Um, it, wow! I did I did not like so uh, much love there. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's Star Wars. I love it, but yeah, out of, yeah, if I yeah. had you know, uh, but and I've grown to appreciate some aspects of it from when it first came out till yeah. now. But um, there's so many glaring things in this movie that just I, I I audibly groan when I see certain scenes, and I'm like, oh come on, really? Well, okay, I, the likes and dislikes section. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh, so it's good. It's a Star Wars. It keeps the story moving. It gives you a little bit of backstory. Um, whether or not it uh, makes it, you know, I even after seeing it, I couldn't stand really stand Boba Fett until I saw him in Mandalorian season two. Because I mean, when you have ten minutes on screen out of two movies, three movies almost, uh, you're not going to get much. And we didn't see much even when he was younger. Uh, didn't see much in Empire and, you know, Return of the Jedi. He got beat by a blind guy with a boat paddle. So um, just was not impressed until I saw him in Mandalorian. So. Uh, all right. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm despicable. But. So we, we've, got, uh, we've, got two more, we've got two more newcomers uh, to the chat. Yeah. Uh, Prentice Ewok has joined us and uh, Vader's Girl. Hey, cat. Yeah. So, cat, welcome. And Ewok, welcome. Um, so, we're talking about uh, Attack of the Clones. So, it's your least favorite of all 11. Yes. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's, it's, you know, it's pretty low on my list, but there's still one that I like less than that one. So, interesting. I'm, I'm like uh, afraid to ask which, what your bottom I, one is right talked now. about last week. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Strangely, Phantom okay. is actually lower on my list than this one. Um, and you know, it, it's been over a year. I don't remember why I put it that way. I'll, I'll have to think about it as we're as we're discussing this. 
because obviously there was something I liked better about Attack of the Clones than, than Phantom Menace. I'm just, it's for the life of me, it just it escapes my mind. Because uh, there, there was a lot of things wrong with Attack of the Clones. <laughs> uh, Charlie, you want to give us a uh, brief plot synopsis? Sure, absolutely. All right. Uh, this movie. So, uh, general plot synopsis, we open up with an assassination attempt. Assassination attempt part one, I will call it. Uh, and uh, after that doesn't necessarily go as planned, uh, we get a reunion of sorts. Uh, a uh, reunited apart, as Josh Gad would say it. Uh, it is ten years since... Um, some of these, uh, uh, characters have seen each other. Uh, uh, Padme is no longer the queen. She is a Senator and, uh, Anakin has been taken under the wing of, uh, Obi-Wan and, uh, is a, uh, borderline, uh, Jedi Padawan learner kind of, uh, thing there. Um, and uh, then we get to Assassination Part Two, uh, and that one doesn't work either. Uh, they kind of get, um, you know, a little more information, and the senator is still in danger, but they need uh, need them to go figure out who's trying to kill her. So they split up, and uh, they decide that uh, for some reason, and I'm not sure exactly. I guess we'll get into this later, but uh, the Jedi decide who's going to go in which direction. Um, and Obi-Wan goes to seek uh, out uh, who's responsible. And Anakin is uh, you know, responsible for her protection. And they go back to Naboo. Um, Jar Jar becomes a tool. Uh, <laughs> I, it's a fact. It's a fact. It's not wrong. <laughs> and and uh, Obi Wan basically creates the empire. Uh, I mean, <laughs> he's a tool. Uh, yeah, take it how you want to. Uh, the the plot thickens on Camino, uh, where uh, Obi Wan finds out some interesting facts uh, that uh, you know not only are they uh, cloners and uh, they were mysteriously. Um, missing, uh, but uh, the order uh, is uh, almost complete. And you know, and Obi Wan for a Jedi seems to live pretty well, and says, "Yeah, he's there to see the uh, their order," and goes and sees uh, all these people. We learn that uh, Sifo-Dyas is the one who placed the order, uh, but uh, wasn't he supposed to be dead by this point? Anyway, so we flash over to Naboo, and we get a whole ton of awkward flirting, uh, and uh, you know, uh, mentions about uh, likes and dislikes, and how evil <laughs> sand is. Um, and uh, you know, of course, um, you know, uh, we end up uh, back on uh, Tatooine. Uh, where Anakin has uh, had a dream about his mother, and he, you know, goes to find out what's going on. Uh, gets filled in that, oops, the Tuscan Raiders have found it. Uh, I label this section uh, the fall of Anakin, one brick at a time. 
uh, <laughs> you know, he, he hasn't quite yeah. done it yet, but, uh, you know, he definitely gives in to the dark side and um, slaughters the entire village. Um, you know, and then uh, Obi-Wan ends up uh, uh, going to Geonosis and gets in trouble. Anakin and Padme find out that he is there and go to help him. And, uh, you know, after a few uh, little battle things that we have there, um, looks like it's doomsday for our, uh, for our heroes. Uh, and then Mace Window shows up and basically falls flat on his face uh, and does not save the day. Uh, but luckily, Yoda is there and bails him out. So, awesome. Yay. Um the uh, Yoda brings in the uh, clone troops and uh, they pretty much start wiping the floor with the uh, with all the droid federation people uh, and uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan rush off to go face Dooku. Um, you know, I'd label this section of life and limb because uh, Anakin, uh, well, Obi-Wan almost loses his life and Anakin lost a limb. Uh, and it is, uh, Yoda to the rescue again. Uh, this is mm -hmm. twice in the same movie that, uh, they had to be, uh, bailed out, uh, by the little green, uh, hero. Um, yes. you know, it, which was amazing. I love, I loved seeing it, but, uh, yeah. Um, so you think that that ends the movie, uh, you know, everything seems to be all happy dory. Uh, and you get, uh, Anakin and Padme, uh, married and that segues into the start of the Clone Wars, uh, which is a great watch. If you haven't watched it already, go to Disney plus and watch the Clone Wars. You're in for a treat. Yeah, so that is a quick, uh, plot synopsis of, uh, Attack of the Clones, uh, as thoroughly as I could get it and, uh, and using as I could get it. So, yeah, there we go. Yeah, I'm, I'm you're giving the, the synopsis and I'm sitting here thinking, so why was this one not last? <laughs> I, I honestly don't remember why I didn't put this one last. Only thing I can think of is because it had Django in it. Maybe. Django was pretty cool, and Slave One was pretty cool, and we got to yeah. see the awesome, uh, awesome uh, seismic charges. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I, uh, um, the, yeah. The Jedi full uh, that are in the little theater area uh, that that was cool scene to see. Um, now uh, get to see uh, you know more of uh, Coruscant uh, was pretty uh, interesting. Um, you know, it's, oh. uh, yeah. So, I, I, hmm, let me think of this. Uh, I think, I think I remember why it was not last, uh, and, and it was very simple. It's because it did not have Jake Lloyd in it. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I thought maybe it was because of the death stick scene, but okay. <laughs> I'm going to go home and rethink my life. <laughs> you should go home and rethink your life. 
I yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there, there, there's parts of it that I absolutely loved, and then there's parts of it that I absolutely Same. don't. And uh, <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah. So if if Joey were in on this with us, he would totally be on your side. It is absolutely his least favorite Star Wars movie. He's just not a fan at all. And and Nicole Joey is my my son. He uh he was doing this show with us for a while, and then he got a job because he's sixteen, and he has a, another life now. So so he doesn't do this with us. Um, let's see what do we got next? Well, we got to do some uh, some character highlights. Is that yeah what we've got next? Yep. Okay. Um, who should we start off with? Well, the first character that uh, that I thought of, and I tried to put it in uh, almost a uh, order of importance uh, when I made the list uh, that I uh, shared with you guys, um, and uh, I mean, uh, you guys can agree with the list or uh, the order or whatnot, but. Uh, I had Mace. Now, if somebody else wants to talk about somebody else first, that's fine. Just let me know, and I can switch gears. Uh, no, we can just go with your list. We can just go with your list. Yeah. All right. Punch it. All right. So, Mace, Mace Windu, the acclaimed uh, Jedi uh, that seems to be second to just Yoda. Uh, if not the main leader of the Jedi order uh, seems rather pompous and confident uh, uh, almost to uh, um, an exalted extent. Uh, and yet he had to get bailed out. I just kind of find, yeah, he had a great fight scene. Um, I, I thought it was pretty interesting that a, another backpack failure uh, led to the demise of a fet. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> other than that, I Mace was losing the battle and if it wasn't for Yoda coming in, um, you know, uh, and saving the day, uh, who knows, maybe, you know, Mace would have only been in one, one movie. Uh, well, we saw I, him this. Oh yeah. Yeah. I guess he was in there briefly. Uh, but it just. Uh, for someone that is, uh, you know, uh, supposed to hold the ideals of a Jedi, he just seems really confident and um, and exalted over the others. And I don't know if that's just because he is supposed to be the chief Jedi or whatever you want to call it. Uh, I don't know. What do you guys think of Mace? Well, uh, I'll probably get ostracized for this, but uh, I, I, when I first heard that. <laughs> Uh, Samuel L. Jackson was going to be a Jedi in, in the series. I was I was pretty excited, uh, but uh, up until the Clone Wars uh, TV series, he was really a weak character in my opinion. Yeah, um, maybe a little less weak in Revenge of the Sith, uh, but definitely Episode One and Two, he was just a weak character that seemed almost unnecessary. Uh, he barely moved anything along to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Up until episode that. three, I mean, he, he had some stuff, some pretty important stuff 
uh, going on in episode three, but but one and two, nah, he didn't do anything for me. What do you think, Nicole? Oh, you know me. I I like those underrated characters. <laughs> I like Mace. You know, and I think the the confidence and the the pompous. I think that is actually brought on from our the actor. You know, from Samuel Jackson. I think he probably put that into to Mace, whether it was wrote in or not. Because I mean, Samuel Jackson. I mean, he's it's Samuel Jackson. He's awesome. You know, yeah. and kicks butt. You know, so I think that's where that confidence, I think he boosts it a little bit for Mace. And, and of course, in my heart, I, you know, I always go, I always look back at that one celebration where he said, you know, we never did see the body pass. So until that, till that time, I will always have a little hope that my Mace might be still alive um, for whatever reason and hiding out. Who knows? Maybe he was the one who got broke up. We don't know. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I like Mace. Again, maybe it's just me because I love Samuel L. Jackson. I, yeah. I I see something else there that I don't know I mean, that he's just to me a really good strong character yeah. that brings something into play that maybe another Jedi didn't. Of course, now my brain's been changing with the Jedi because I'm just like, well, the light of the Jedi is kind of bringing in, in this whole new, you know, the prequel mm -hmm. to all this. So now I'm just like, okay, wow. now yeah. how does it run down? Now I'm curious as to what Mace's origin story is. That would be really cool to know, like more details. So mm -hmm. that's just. Well, yeah, Samuel L. Jackson's amazing. I mean, he's a perfect fit for Nick Fury. He is. Uh, and he he, is. I, had, I had such high expectations for him in Star Wars. I just, here's the thing. I don't blame him for Mace being a weak character. I blame the writers. I don't think he was written very well. Yeah, uh, I, I, I agree. Um, uh, great, uh, great potential. Uh, we just don't really yeah. see it on screen. And maybe there were some other scenes that were filmed uh, or some other backstory that they knew about that we're not privy to. Um you know, because uh, you know, how are they ranked as far as the Jedi Council? Is it like yeah. Arthur's Round Table, where everyone's an equal, or is there a <laughs> true leader? Uh, and Mace seems to be in that leadership position, uh, where you know he tells you know you go here and you go there. Uh, don't forget if uh, you know uh, if Anakin is the chosen one, he's supposed to bring. Uh, you know, balance to the force and, you know, uh, other things that, you know, that he does, but he always seems to storm off into battle first without really think we see that in revenge of the Sith as well. And we'll get that, uh, get to that. I'm sure next week. Uh, but even in this one, he takes, uh, you know, some Jedi, uh, what uh, I think it was, uh, 200 Jedi that he brought in. He lost 160 of them. <laughs> there were 40 left by the end. Uh, and, you know, how many thousands of uh, enemies were there on uh, Geonosis? You know, uh, almost insurmountable odds. I, so uh, he's just seems like he's just that, you know, fight first and we'll sort it out afterwards. And yeah, I don't know. Well, that's uh, not to say that I, I would not be happy to see him return in some fashion. Uh, because 
you know, they somebody in the in the Disney team is going to to pick a good rider, and uh, hopefully we'll get maybe some backstory about them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Uh, just uh, you know, overall a better fleshed out story. Yeah. Uh, a little justice, you know. Greg in the chat uh, said that too, that he'd definitely like to see a May series that he feels his story needs to be told better. His story on the movie seems to leave a lot out. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. hundred percent. Yeah. So um, another, char- um, another character that we have Yoda. Yeah. So, another one we got introduced to in Phantom Menace. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, you know, Introduced in Empire Strikes Back, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, hmm. To me, the, uh, the, the Yoda in Attack of the Clones, uh, it was the closest to Empire that we saw. Uh, mm-hmm. With a little bonus. Uh, he was engaging. Uh, he was playful, you know, lost a planet Obi-Wan has, you know, it's a, the way that, and, and you even see this, well, I don't know. Well, I don't want to spoil it. If Nicole hasn't gotten that, have you got to the, uh, to the Yoda part in light of the Jedi? Uh, I don't think so. He keeps being talked about, but I've yet to like get there and be like, okay. yes, Yoda, you know, cause All right. you know, so, that, you know, me, and I'll be the one jumping up and down when I get to a huge Yoda part. So uh, how we see Yoda react with the Padawans in Attack of the Clones um, is not a one-time event. Uh, you'll love the way that he interacts in, in the books. Uh, and that's all I'll say about that part. Uh, so, but we get to see him. He's wise. He's endearing. And then we get to see the other side of him. And I know a lot of people did not like the fight scene with Dooku. Uh, that scene. Sorry, I I I th- I thought it was great. Maybe a little too grandiose uh, with all the flipping and the jumping and the sounds that that are in there. I think that's just more of an editing thing. Uh, but I love seeing how powerful he is. Yeah. Uh, and it even goes back to uh, another comment that they made. Uh, you know that uh, if you're uh, uh, something about the lightsaber as good as Yoda and the lightsaber, you know, you'd rival or you, you know, as good on the lightsaber, you'd rival master Yoda. And he's like, I thought he already did. And, you know, mm-hmm. it, and so I just, you know, it, that, I thought that was awesome to see. And the fact that he always shows up right at the right time to save the day uh, was uh, absolutely amazing. Uh, one of the highlights uh, of the whole movie was Yoda in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love to, to, I, I love the fact that we got to see him fight for the first time. It was great. Um, I, I really liked the interaction that you, you mentioned with his, with his students uh, when they were in the temple and Obi-Wan came to, to help them find Camino. Uh, yeah, I really, I really liked how he was portrayed in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Me too. I, I love Yoda. I definitely, I just, I remember being so excited when he got to that fight scene and took on Dooku. I remember being in the theater just like cheering 
him on. Didn't care if anybody else was listening, but I was. I was cheering him on, and I was very excited. You know, and I love that Yoda is, he's just wise, and they brought, I can't tell, I love Yoda. So he's just <laughs> amazing. And I love that in the Attack of the Clones. That's one of my favorite things about Attack of the Clones is Yoda. I love the fact that he does have an awesome fight scene. I'm so glad that we get to see him being wise. And so glad that they went more back to the Empire Strikes Back type of Yoda versus in the Phantom Menace, you know? And I think if I'm correct, that has to do with something with the puppeteering and stuff. Um, So, yes, love, love Yoda. I don't know anybody else in the chat room there loves Yoda, but if you do... Give us a reason why. I'd love to hear it. So, yeah. yeah. Yoda's great. Uh, so next, uh, next on my list, I had Obi-Wan. <gasps> okay. So I, I know I said uh, order of like importance or, or something like that. And now we're kind of getting to Uh-oh, the... We lost, we lost Nicole. Uh-oh. Um... Hmm. Okay. Well, uh, hopefully she will come back with us. Yeah. Uh, All right. So, um, as far as, yeah, Obi-Wan, man. Um, as far as, as movie Jedi go, uh, oh, she's back. She's back with us. I'm back. Sorry. Um, She was so excited about Yoda. She just, the chat just went. It was the force that just wheeled me out of it. I'm I'm sorry. I guess that's what it was. Uh, what I was saying is, um, as far as the Jedi that are in the in the uh, movies, uh, Obi Wan is certainly one of my favorites. Yes. Um, and while I didn't care as much for him uh, in the Phantom Menace. Uh, I really liked him in this one. Um, I thought he was, uh, I thought he was portrayed very well. I thought, um, Ewan McGregor did a, did a great job, um, kind of channeling his inner Alec Guinness. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he, we just got a, We just got a different look at Obi-Wan in this film than we did in the previous one. And, and I mean, a lot of that has to do obviously with the fact that, uh, by this time he, he has matured, uh, because we're, we're talking what, 10 years. Um, so yeah, I, I, everything about Obi-Wan in, in this film, I liked, like you mentioned earlier when he, uh, uh, when he went to Camino and he, he just, he, he just kicked on that lie <laughs> that, 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 uh, like, uh, it wouldn't be something you think that he could do. And it's like, Oh, okay. Well, he's not as morally upstanding as you would think, but, uh, <laughs> but he had a reason for the, for, for what he was doing. And, uh, he is, uh, he's definitely, he's one of my favorite Jedi and, uh, he's certainly one of my favorite parts about this movie. Nicole, what did you think about Obi-Wan in this one? Oh, I love Obi-Wan Kenobi. And I can't wait for eventually when we get that series. Um, uh, I like he's an awesome Jedi. And he brings so much to to his character. I mean, well, Ewan Gregor brings a lot to his character. And I think it's really good that we we see a lot of interaction between him and uh, 
Hayden Christensen, you know, as Anakin. And I like him. He's awesome. And he, you can see where he's building, like in the next one, which is really awesome that we're going to get another series with him because then we get to continue to see this character development of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there's, um, I really liked uh, his instructional method. Um, I, I like the way that, you know, he just, uh, his and Anakin's relationship, you could tell, is well-formed. Uh, you know, the, the banter on the uh, on the speeder, uh, whether it's, um, you know, just them going back and forth about who saved who, uh mm-hmm. you know uh, when they get to the uh to the bar and they're looking for uh the assassin and uh you know he tells Anakin you know hey be careful and uh, he's like well where are you going well I'm going to go grab a drink you know and I just like oh that's awesome you know and it has a little uh you know a mind trick of uh you know you don't want to sell me death sticks I thought that was cool um yeah, uh, his geonosis spot was uh, was right on, uh, and then it sort of goes downhill from there uh, for me. Um, he uh, the, the the witty banter on uh, w- when they're chained up to me falls flat, uh, and then then you have the fight scene, and we'll get more into this last week or next week, but he's. He's supposed to be this great fighter, great Jedi, and he ends up on the floor within the first few minutes, crumpled. And it's a foreshadowing of what we see in Revenge of the Sith when, you know, uh, again, it's supposed to be this awesome fighter. After a couple of exchanges, he's he's below a catwalk, you know, knocked out. And I'm like, come on, you know, and... Uh, so he starts off strong, but doesn't quite get there, uh, you know, for me. And uh, you know, I don't know if that is something. Maybe he's just, maybe it's a dark side presence that kind of clouds him because all of this is going on with uh, Sidious and uh, Dooku, who, uh, you know, we find out is Lord Tyrannus. Uh, you know, in, is uh, part of the Sith now, and maybe that inhibits part of his, you know, uh, his instincts or his uh, intuition or uh, Jedi abilities or whatever you want to call it. But uh, he, it seems, whenever there's a strong, strong presence like that, you know, he seems to falter a little bit. So, uh, but yeah, uh, as far as the character, I thought it was very well done. Okay. So, awesome. what do you guys think of uh, Padme in this movie, Nicole? I personally, I, I love Padme. Padme is definitely one of my favorite female characters in Star Wars. I know it's uh, when you see the love scenes and the awkwardness. Yes, I get it, gentlemen. Because, but then again, when you take it out of context and realize that this is like their first like real love, like hello, it's going to be a little awkward. But I like Padme, and I think my uh, my like for her has kind of grown over time because of Queen Shadow uh, and Queen Spiral, because now I've kind of gotten to know Padme more. And when it comes to the tactical clones, I do like some of those awkward moments, 
but that's the reason why I like it because when you go back to your first time, your first, you know, anything in any relationships, it's like you have that awkward moment and a lot of people don't like it, but I'm like going, but wasn't it awkward for you the first time? Didn't you just have that moment of, well, how's this going to work? You know, um, And even though it, a part of me wonders with Padme, if we, and I'm going to jump ahead to Sidious, you know, Palpatine here a little bit, but sometimes it makes me wonder if, if something else happened in the first movie that we didn't fully see that maybe led to this movie into the next, because it's just interesting that she does end up with Anakin, you know, and I kind of wonder if, if there, if she was being puppeteered a little bit, you know, to, to get them to that point. Kind of like in WandaVision, what they're doing now, like, oh, there's somebody else behind the curtain there, you know, pulling the strings to get them there, you know, because this is really setting up for Luke and Leia. So it does make me wonder. But I do. I like Padme. She's awesome. She's an awesome senator. And I think she brings a lot to the table for the strong female characters in, in Star Wars. Steve? Um, <laughs> I like Padme, but not because of this movie. Um, okay. I don't think she got really strong and fleshed out uh, until we got to the Clone Wars. Because uh, up to this okay. point, we're really just getting uh, we're really just getting kind of the you know, in Phantom Menace, we got her as the Queen. Uh, there was a few mm -hmm. moments where we got a little bit of her strength. Um... Uh, up until really up until Geonosis, we didn't really get a strong idea of her, of her inner strength uh, in this mm -hmm. one. Um, but uh, really for the whole prequel trilogy, um, I just feel like it, we were lacking a lot of her story. And, and it was, that could just be me and, but you know we're another one of those high expectation things because you're we're talking about you know Luke and Leia's mom and and you wait all this time to find out who this person is and and it just kind of uh, it's it's just kind of there you don't really get what you were expecting okay. Mm -hmm. Um, there, there were bits and pieces that, uh, you know, especially at the beginning, uh, where you got uh, some good, uh, good insight into her. But, but overall, uh, as a film, it didn't, it didn't really help her character along very much. I can see that. Um, the. Uh, I started to see her strength at the very opening scene when she comes down off of the star pilot uh, or the starfighter, and she's in the flight suit. I'm like, you know, that's, you know, that that's not a comfortable ride. It's not something that is, you know, something that a senator normally would ride in. So she's got a little bit of grit to her already. Uh, she's come a long <laughs> way from Phantom Menace. Yes, it's ten years have passed. Uh, so. Uh, but I, I, I liked seeing that, uh, that her character is already starting to evolve. Um, 
uh, I didn't like necessarily like their interaction um, uh, when they first meet back up. You know, uh, oh, Annie, you'll be you'll always be that little boy on Tatooine. I don't know, just something about that just was kind of that. Just it just it it came across weird. I got I just got an odd vibe from that, and uh, it was just really really awkward. And not because you know he was so excited to see her, but just uh, the the way it was delivered. That line just was like, all right, that that was kind of McClunky. So you know. <laughs> I I agree with Nicole on the, uh, the awkwardness. Um, I had had no problem with her awkwardness. It was Anakin's that was kind of just kind of, I don't know, uh, just seemed uh, emo boy bandish kind of, you know, just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know how else to describe it. Uh, and but it's first love kind of awkwardness. It's that first, and, uh, you know, all first. I guess, <laughs> I guess. Um, but you know, then when when they head to uh, Tatooine and she takes charge, you know, she's the one who says, "Hey, we're uh, I'm you're supposed to protect me. I'm going here. You're going with me." And uh, and then the Geonosis and to see her uh, her strength as she starts to fight was was really cool and then you get to mm -hmm. the worst part of the movie the absolute worst part of the she has the worst scene in all cinematic history to me oh, yeah. right after that when she gets knocked off the gunship and falls to the sand and then she the they flash to another scene they come back to her and she pops up like nothing happened all right well let's go over here uh, you know and i'm like you just fell from a gunship that was, you just were blasted. You, you fell and rolled and you're going to get up like nothing happened. And we're, they went this way, you know, and, and you go, uh, it just was like, ah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, so I, I liked her, but she also to me had the worst absolute scene in star Wars. And I'm sure I'll get a lot of hate mail for that one, but that's okay. <laughs> I'll refer you to the uh, office of uh, the uh, former uh, emperor, and uh, you'll be dealt with. So. <laughs> so we do accept all hate mail, just so you know. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, it's fun. Yeah, it's fun. Um, so, uh, you know, Anakin, what, you know, what'd you guys think about, uh, Anakin in this one, Steve, let's start with you. Um, there were some, uh, there were some, okay. The casting I thought was fine. Uh, that being said, there were some acting choices that probably could have been reshot. Uh, just certain scenes, certain, uh, aspects of his demeanor, uh, that I think, you know, in editing, somebody should have said, you know what, let's go back and reshoot those. Cause mm. I, I, I don't think, and a lot of that falls, I think 
uh, accord, you know, just my opinion, uh, falls on the director. Um, I, I think a lot of, uh, you know, bad, uh, bad scenes from, from an otherwise, uh, decent actor, <laughs> um, could have been, could have been pushed a little bit more, uh, by the director. And, and, and of course, in this case, uh, Mr. Lucas, um, probably could have done a better job of directing Anakin in this movie. Um, cause I understand after having gone back and watched it, I understand, uh, the demeanor he was trying to get. I understand what he was trying to write when he wrote Anakin the way he did. I just don't think they went about it the right way. Uh, there were just some scenes that were kind of cringeworthy. Um, but that being said, um, I still think he did a better job than Lloyd. All right. Nicole? <laughs> well, Hayden Christensen, I, I like him. You know, as we know, he's coming back as Vader. Um I like Anakin. Anakin is, you know, he's growing up. We're seeing him in a new light, a grown, a more grown up light, but yet not to full maturity yet. And we're beginning to see that battle in him, which I, I personally like, I like seeing that battle that he's, I mean, how many of us actually are every day battling something? You know what I mean? We're, you know, he's battling the dark. He's battling the light. He's battling his hormones and we're seeing it all. And, you know, I personally like seeing all that character development with Anakin in, in the Attack of the Clones because it really is showing us what he's going through. The good side, the bad side, and the ugly side plus the hormone, hormonal side, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, I like it. I, That's a good point. That's a good point. Yes. And he really does. I mean, I, I say ugly side because of the Tuscan Raiders and Shimmy. That, that part broke my heart especially now after the mandalorian now i'm just more like well shoot i don't even know how to feel about it anymore um because that part i really did i felt so sad like i was like oh my gosh like i felt bad for anakin as a character because i'm like oh my gosh his his mom is gone he hasn't hardly seen her and you know i mean come on gentlemen i mean if if something happens to your mom y'all are gonna be like right there like that and somebody hurt her, you're going to be a little angry, you know? So I liked Anakin in this one. I like his character development. Um, and again, we got to see the good, the bad, the ugly, and the hormonal part of him. <laughs> right. Um, and, 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 I, and I agree. And that's a, that, that I didn't really think about the hormonal part of it. So that, that's a very good point. Um, one of the things that I was going to bring up, and I don't know if you guys had read the novelization for, uh, the Phantom Menace or not. I did not. But in the novelization, when he first meets Padme and he uh, you know, says, you know, are you an angel? Mm-hmm. And uh, they left that in the actual movie. Yeah. There's more to it in the novelization. Mm-hmm. He actually tells her, I've seen it. I'm going to marry you. 
So, and I mean, it's, he's a little kid, you know, little, little, you know, so probably force vision or, or what, whatever it's not really explained in the novelization, but it, it, they talk about, uh, you know, and he says, you know, Hey, you know what? I'm going to marry you one day. And she just kind of brushes him off, but he's, he's seen it. And so when you get to this movie and it's been 10 years and he already knows she's the one I'm going to marry her. I've already seen it. Everything I've seen has already come true anyway. So this is, this is the deal. She just has to see it. And that's why he keeps pushing himself, you know, out front. Um, his, to me, his greatest scene was the Tuscan Raider scene. Uh, I absolutely, I could feel it. Mm-hmm. If we could have just gotten that reaction earlier on, just a snap, instead of the whiny little, you never let me do anything, and you're just, you're not my dad, you know, kind of thing to Obi-Wan. If you would have just had him just like snap and just go off on him, you know, and yell or something instead of that whiny little drivel <laughs> that you see as it builds up, you know, and then it gets stronger and stronger. And then the Tuscans, he snaps. And then even later, you know, he reverts back to it, you know, during the, the fight scene with uh, Dooku and, you know, he's all full of himself. And instead of, flipping that switch and getting angry or uh or you know it's he slowly turns that way mm -hmm. and instead of it you know if it, to me if it's such a battle it would be a on or off it's either uh, i'm toeing the line of a jedi or bam you know uh, enough of this i'm doing it my way just shut up and get out of my way and then bam and you know there's there's no leeway and in the movie with that with hayden's portrayal of it and i'm sure it's not him because we saw that he can do it i think it was just written that way you know just kind of you know it's it's supposed to be like a slow build but it you know it's really not it's really not but and i have to go back to you because you're talking about the novelization and I, again, with he he knew, you know, based on the novelization that he knew that he was going to bury Padme and stuff. It makes you wonder, again, back to what I was saying, is that was, you know, Palpatine kind of in it all along? Was there an imprint done? Was something done very specifically? Because Anakin already knew, even if he was a Jedi, and you're not supposed to get romantically involved in the Jedi, he did anyways. Um, and we wouldn't have this movie if he wasn't a total rebel and decide, hey, I'm going to <laughs> gonna do it anyways um but it, it does make you wonder you know well, i kind of want to tell george lucas like did you do that on purpose that would be my question to him you know did you already know that that's what was going to happen so. we see we see palpatine pulling the strings more in revenge of the sith right uh well, yes but i feel like but, it's always started in little ways. Oh yeah. Uh, even in Phantom Menace, when he, you know, pats a uh, little Anakin on the shoulder and we're going to watch your career, you know? Uh, and uh, e even in this one, he tells him, you know, it's, or uh, you know, that uh, Anakin's been telling him things and trusts him. And uh, you know, uh, even at the, in uh, when they decide that, uh, you know, Hey, um, sorry to hear about the, uh, the attack on the landing pad. 
uh, you know, um, you know, we'll send somebody to investigate it. And he's, and Palpatine says, Hey, why not Obi-Wan and Anakin? They just came back, you know, they're available. And, you know, and Mace kind of looks at him and like, well, how did he know that? And he's like, well, they did just come back from this mission. And, you know, and he's like, so it's decided. And, you know, so yeah, he's, he's definitely has his hands in it, but, uh, you know, then you could even go, uh, go off of the thing where, uh, you know, the, the speculation that, uh, Palpatine created Anakin to begin with, with a manipulation yeah. of the force. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Uh, it's, uh, it, it's, it's pretty interesting. Agreed. Mm-hmm. So. Agreed. Agreed. So, uh, well, I mean, and that just, you know, that kind of talks about the, uh, you know, the Sidious character that we have uh, that I had on the list, um, so w- which is great. Uh, you know, that's fine. Because um, mm-hmm. we really didn't see him much in this movie. Uh, even, yeah. uh, you know, even uh, Palpatine, the senator, we don't really see a whole lot of in here. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, the next person that we see a lot of is Dooku. And I'll start mm-hmm. us off on, on Dooku. Uh, yeah. After reading uh, Dooku Jedi Lost, you get so much more backstory to it. Uh, but I always thought that Dooku was an interesting character because he's the first character that we've seen that's been a Jedi and has gone to the Sith. So he's already faced the challenge that Anakin's going to face. And, uh, it, you know, and so I, and I one it's played by Christopher Lee. Uh, and how can you go wrong with, with that? Uh, dude's got this, uh, this crazy lightsaber that is absolutely amazing with the little curve to it. Uh, you know, and, he uses his, you know, his words so expertly to, I mean, I was like, all right, yeah, I'd follow him. You know, uh, the way that he describes the, what they're doing and what their mission is and why he's helping the trade federation and, you know, and leading the separatist movement. I'm like, Oh, well, all right. Well, maybe he's got a point. You know, it, it's just a uh, credit to Christopher Lee and the, and the acting. Cause uh, I think he really pulled it off. Um, and to see him, you know, uh, use the force lightning, which you hadn't seen, uh, except for in return of the John. Ooh, Hey, all right. Now what's, what, what, what do we got here? That, that's amazing. So yeah, I'm, uh, I, I was excited for the character. I really liked it. And then when I read Kevin Scott's book, uh, I was totally bought in hook, line and sinker. Steve, let's start with mm-hmm. you. What do you think? Oh boy, uh, I haven't read uh, Dooku Lost yet, so uh, my opinion is uh, not based on that book. Um, I, I have a uh, possibly a complete uh, differing opinion uh, about the character. Um, Christopher Lee, you know, God rest his soul. Uh, I'm going to warn you, I'm going to go on a little bit of a rant here. Go Uh, Go for it. He was handed a turd. (laughs) I think that this character was a huge example of wasted potential. 
I think there is so much more they could have done with this character, especially with the actor they had playing this character, and they just fell flat. He could have been so good. He could have been this this awesome, uh, powerful, uh, you know, Jedi slash Sith Lord that could go uh, essentially go toe to toe with Yoda, and he basically they turned him into a lap dog, and. I just, I felt like that character, even from the first time I watched this, I was like, why did they do that to Christopher Lee? Um, I mean, you've got this character who, if you uh, paid attention to, you know, the, the whole background of him, he's this, this guy, he used to be a Jedi. He, he, uh, he fell to the dark side or, or, you know, even before that, he just decided not to be a Jedi Knight anymore. Uh, and then, you know, he becomes this huge political figure that creates this, the separatist movement where of course we, we know that it was Sidious that did it, but you just think this character is going to be a lot more uh, powerful, you know, this, He's going to portray a very powerful character. And, and I just think they, they really dropped the ball on him. Uh, what I think they should have done with Count Dooku, they should have introduced him in the first one uh, on the council. And then, you know, when we see him in episode two, uh, gets a little bit more backstory about, oh, this guy that was on the council that you saw before, he turned and, uh, or, or he, he fell, fell uh, by the, you know, fell away from the Jedi way. Uh, and now he's this, uh, he's this, uh, you know, this huge politician. And, and in the background, he's this, uh, this uh, minion to the, <laughs> I mean, that's what he felt like. He felt like a minion to me, not not the mm -hmm. not the cartoon character minion. Just uh, <laughs> felt like a lap dog. He was a huge waste of what they could have done with him. And 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 it was even we can we'll talk about this next week. But it was even worse in the next movie. <laughs> it was yeah. just uh, I mean, even in the Clone Wars, you get you know a lot of Count Dooku, and you're like, man, what they could have done with him, and they didn't. So to me, the idea of the character Count Dooku, I liked. The actual writing of this character, not at all. Uh, but what he was given, Christopher Lee did an amazing job with. He just didn't have much to work with. <laughs> Nicole? Yeah. Well, um, so I totally understand and respect exactly what your perspective is there. Cause I, I understand you're right. They could have done so much more with the character. I think that's why later on when we got this by Kevin Scott Dooku, I think we got what you are talking about. We got a lot more. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And and I get what you're saying there because you're right. They really could have expanded more on Dooku and stuff, and and so, with such a great actor. Um, but of course, then I find my other my silver linings were Count Dooku. Of course, the fight scene with Yoda being one. Of, I mean, I mm. like it. So yeah. that's you know my favorite. And I, but I now now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, yeah, you're right. They could have really expanded on him. You're right. That I will agree with you. The fight scene was great. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. The fight scene with Yoda was great. That was the only I shining see. moment in the entire movie for this character. Yeah. The rest of it, he was just a schmuck. <laughs> well, but is that the point? One of the, uh, one, of the one of the things that uh, that caught my attention, um, and I guess I hadn't ever noticed it before until this morning when I watched it again, was uh, when. They're in Palpatine's office, and Padme says, I think it was Count Dooku, you know, who's behind this. And uh, he says, you know, my lady, uh, you know, uh, he was once a Jedi. He's not capable of assassinating anyone. And I'm like, dude. Oh. (laughs) Let me tell you something. And, uh but yeah, and, and I completely underst- uh, understand that, and maybe it's just uh, Christopher Lee's performance that uh, you know really stood out to me, as far mm-hmm. as what made him an intriguing character. Uh, between that and probably the Kevin Scott book is I'm, I reading because after seeing it and knowing Christopher Lee played him in the movie, when I read the book, all I hear is Christopher Lee's voice. Yeah, as I'm reading it. And I'm like, oh wow, yeah, this is awesome. And of course, the Clone Wars as well. So, uh, but yeah, uh, I, I liked I liked what we got. I wish we had gotten more. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think we're up to our uh, likes and dislikes here. We talked about everybody on our character highlight sheet. <laughs> awesome. Um. You know, a lot of our likes and dislikes have been kind of discussed mm-hmm. as we go along. Yeah. Um, so let's do, see. Uh, do one of each. Yeah, sure. Go, uh, how, why don't you start, Nicole? Oh, right. um, I'm going to say dislikes is, you know, in perspective, I wish that the writing would have been a little bit stronger in the Attack of the Clones. I will admit that. I wish it was a little bit stronger because I actually do like a lot of the elements that happen. I really do like it. I just like here and there. Um, and a like, um, well, I'm just going to say, you guys already know it. It's Yoda and Dooku, even beyond like any awkward love scenes and even the shimmy and Tuscan Raiders, like that grabbed my heart, but it's definitely my favorite. It's going to be that moment <laughs> between Yoda and Dooku. What about you, gentlemen? Um, Spikes? I'll I'll go ahead and start. My dislike, um, I'm pretty much on par with with you on this one, Nicole. I I wish the writing and the directing would have been better. A little bit stronger. Uh, Just kind of an overall dislike. Uh, You know, yeah, from top to bottom, there's so so much more they could have done with this movie. Uh, And it just... kind of fell flat in that respect. Uh, but what I did like, um, I liked uh, the performance of Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan. 
Uh, I think he, for me, he was the standout character in this movie. Um, the performance and, 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 and unlike many other characters, which we've already discussed, I think he was written uh, better than the rest of them. Uh, okay. I think we got a good glimpse into who he was as a person uh, and where he, of course we get a lot more of his background in the clone wars, but, um, but we just, we just get a little bit more of who he is as a person. And, uh, and I think that was, that's probably my number one favorite thing about the movie. All right. Uh, for me, uh, I'll start with dislikes because I don't like to end on a negative note. Uh, <laughs> and I will um, I will say editing. Uh, the editing of the film just really seems um, uh, off. Whether it's Padme waking up and, you know, immediately knowing where, where to go and what to do. Uh, another issue with, uh, with Padme is when the, the, uh, the wardrobe malfunction where it slices her and it kind of tatters and she's got blood and then it flashes away and then it comes back and it's neatly, to uh, neatly cut and there's no blood or anything. And more of her midriff is showing. I'm like, really? Yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, and, yeah. And some of the, some of the other editing parts just really didn't like. Um, my favorite part, uh, would be sound. The sound engineering on this film was extraordinary, uh, from the seismic charges to the different sounds of, uh, the, uh, insect type things on Geonosis and the droids and the starships. We really get a huge, uh, array of sounds uh, from Coruscant and all the different uh, planets that they're on. Everything is unique. Uh, I thought that was uh, masterfully done. Okay. Yep. Good stuff. So that was our Attack of the Clones retrospective. Next week we'll be doing Revenge of the Sith. Um, and then our next segment that we've got is, uh, we're going to do our top five list, uh, which as I mentioned earlier is going to be our top five Sith Lords. Uh, before we jump into that though, we do have our last music break. Uh, this is another band from Michigan called the Red Shift. Um, and this is the song is from uh, an album of theirs that's going to be released on uh, or no, actually, it's already been released. It's uh, it was released on the 1st of January. Uh, and the name of the album is Revolution or Bust. And the song is Iceman. So let's give this one a shot and see what it sounds like. Your life was a mess. I was the darkness. 
Iceman by the Red Shift. Um, I can I can kind of hear the Detroit in them a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. So good stuff. Uh, so here we are uh, at the end of our our last segment of the evening. This is our top five list. Uh, we are talking top five Sith Lords. Uh, and as always, I, I want to go over uh, some of the audience participation uh, selections first. Um, usually, toward the you know, toward the end of uh, last week, I, I you know send out the questions on Twitter and Facebook uh, of what they think are their favorite Sith Lords, and uh, we often get uh, a lot of responses and. Sometimes we get none, but uh, we, we got a few this time. Uh, from Twitter, uh, we got a response from Liberty Drew eighty four, and his favorite Sith lords are Bane, Malgus, and Plagius. Uh, and then the other response we got on Twitter was from Self Isolating Josh, and his his were Bane, Sidious, and Vectivius. Interesting one there. Uh, and then we got a few from the uh, Facebook group uh, that I post this question on. It's called the uh, the Outer Rim group. Uh, so Brad from over in the Outer Rim uh, just gave us one, Darth uh, Ravon. Uh, Chris was Ravon, Naga Sadao, and Marco Ragnos. Uh, and Christopher uh, said his favorite Sith Lord was Sidious. So, um, 
if you're not familiar with this, Nicole, basically we just kind of do a round table uh, one at a time. Uh, we start at five and then work our way down to the number one. Uh, and then I think in the, uh, the private chat, you said you just have three. I do. I wasn't thinking as deep as some of them. I wasn't like including like, you know, anything in the games and stuff or in the books. Yeah. Like I was just like movies. I wasn't. Okay. Let's, uh, you and I, Charlie, <laughs> we'll do our, we'll do our five and four and then yeah. we'll let Nicole pick up with three. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, why don't you go ahead and start us off with your number five? All right. I will start us off with uh, Mr. Rule of Two, Darth Bane. Mm, hmm. Okay. Yeah. That's a really good one. Uh, my concern is why he's so low on this list, but um, <laughs> you'll okay. see. Okay. Okay. I'm really interested to see what your, your other four are then. Uh, wow. Yeah. Um, my number five is probably obscure to a lot of fans, maybe, unless you've really been deep into the comic books, uh, the Legends comic books, or EU, as, as I still call it. Mm -hmm. uh, my number five is Exar Kun. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Dark Lords All of right. the Fifth War. Uh, the first time we ever get to see a double-bladed lightsaber. And uh, he's uh, he's pretty amazing. I really liked him, and and uh, you know he got into the whole uh, alchemy aspect of it, and uh, I, I really think that without him, we probably never would have seen the rebels uh, on Yavin Four in the New Hope. Exactly, oh. we discovered that whole thing. So, so yeah, he's my number five. My number four, Exarkun. Okay. 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 Good. Yeah. Okay. Uh, for uh, all the reasons that you just mentioned. <laughs> Stole your thunder. Um, okay. My number four is uh, Darth Ravon. Um, you know, we get uh, some of his, uh, you know, a lot of the, a uh, lot of stuff from, uh, from uh, KOTOR. You know, uh, as you know, you're actually playing this character as, as he's been kind of reformed. Uh, but but as you go in and read more of his backstory and just his whole history is uh, it just makes him an amazing character and uh, why he is at my number four. Mm -hmm. All right. Number three, Nicole. Darth Maul. Number three is Darth Maul. Um, okay. Phantom Menace, we, we get we get a lot. We don't get as we get a lot more of Darth Maul, I think, in Clone Wars. You know, we get a lot more character development with him and you get to really mm. see more of his, his backstory. He really is a, a pretty killer well, dark lord, so to speak, even yeah. if he loses the the light, the dark saber in the long run. But Darth Maul, number three. Good one. Um, All right. Yeah. Uh, my number three, uh, Darth Riven. Uh, he is the uh, first character uh, that I ever saw that uh, was a Jedi and fell and became a uh, Dark Lord of the Sith. 
Um, yeah. Plus, uh, he was in uh, my favorite Star Wars video game. So, and became a Jedi again. So, he, yeah. <laughs> yeah, very interesting character. Very interesting. Yes. All right. My number three doesn't come from that video game, but he does come from the offshoot of that video game. Uh, and that would be Lord Vitiate, otherwise known as Tenebrae. Oh, okay. Who, uh, in the game Star Wars The Old Republic, the, uh, the uh, what do you call it, the MMORPG, mm -hmm. um, he is the emperor that everybody refers to. Uh, and, and then at some point in one of the expansions, you finally get to see the guy. Um, but it's not just the, uh, you know, his, his appearance in the games that puts him uh, at number three for me. It's when you go back and read his backstory. Uh, and, you know, this guy is as old as uh, he was around during the golden age of the Sith. Uh, when Nagasadal and and Ludo Crush had their had their big falling out, and uh, you know Nagasadal uh, invaded the Republic, and all of that mm -hmm. happened, this guy basically just disappeared. But but he's been alive for for eons, <laughs> uh, and then he shows up and uh, you know creates a new Sith homeworld that we get in. Uh, uh, in uh, Knights of the Old or, or in uh, Star Wars: The Old Republic, but not only that, he basically orchestrated or, or was pulling the, the strings to create uh, Darth Ravon and uh, Darth Malgus. Mm -hmm. uh, so he was almost as as cunning in some ways as Sidious was. Mm -hmm. Almost, I would say almost. Um, also, I, I wanted to mention Greg piped in on the chat and uh his top three are maul bane and palpatine oh okay very cool all right that brings us to number two nicole okay some probably have this as their number one but for me it's number two that is palpatine slash sidious you okay. know he's the master puppeteer and at Celebrate Chicago, when they started that trailer for The Rise of Skywalker and you heard his laugh, you knew it was game on. And I'm like, oh, of course, you know, of course it's Palpatine. Of course it's Sidious. It makes sense, you know. Mm -hmm. You know, as we talked about him a lot tonight through this, you know, in the Tech of Clones and even Phantom Menace, that puppeteer, he had no strings on him, but man it took a lot to to get him all the way gone and i pray that he's all the way gone no, <laughs> <laughs> i see you like no 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 i, I want my you want the, the master of the puppeteer to to be there but you know some point sidious has to go down but he's my number two although he is awesome he's obviously he, he's the ultimate puppeteer yeah Darth world. All right, my number two, Lord Vader. Okay. He was groomed for this position. 
Uh, even uh, if the rumors are correct and Palpatine did somehow influence the midichlorines to create a life and that <laughs> life ended up being Anakin. Uh, or you could just take him from uh, end of Phantom Menace and he's what, six? Somewhere around there. Uh, so I, he spent his life to become a Sith Lord and he does it masterfully. Uh, yeah, it's uh, absolute amazing character. Uh, scared the uh, mess out of me when I was a kid. Uh, still does uh, when I saw that scene in Rogue One and he just, mm. just forces his way through that corridor. And yeah, I, like, I really wow. myself when I saw that. <laughs> yes. so, yeah, yeah. So I was like, "All right, yeah." Uh, so that's number two, Lord Vader. Okay, um, number two. Number two. All right, down the wire. I got to do this. Um, okay. Well, you know, strangely, Darth Vader did not show up on this list. Uh, he is one <gasps> of my favorite characters. He is one of my what? favorite characters. As a Sith Lord, probably not so much. But but uh, if this was a top ten, he would have been in there. Uh, okay, I got to make a decision: which one of you is going to be two, and which one's going to be one? Okay, number two is Darth Bane. Uh, uh Darth Bane is—he's just amazing. He created the rule of two. He. Uh, you know, I you know, reading the the Darth Bane uh, novels by Drew, I'm not even trying to butcher his last name. Uh, <laughs> it, it was just just such a well written character. This guy that's like he's basically just a miner on this backwoods world, uh, and then gets to the point where he basically creates the modern Sith Order. Uh, so I just I loved this character and and I like the idea that even though it's a kind of a small way uh, in uh, uh, I think it was in the Clone Wars they did make him canon uh, so that opens up more stories about him mm -hmm. uh, that we could see in the future and I'm really excited about that uh, but yeah that one's number two so. That brings You're number one. Four. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Wh who do you have for number one, Nicole? Oh, you already know this. This is this is my icon. This is when I think Star Wars, who I think of, and that is your number two. It's Vader. I absolutely love Darth Vader. You know, hallway scenes. Uh, I mean, when I think of, again, I think of Star Wars, I think of him. I think of that march. I can hear it. Nah, nah, nah. it yes, I love, love Vader. You know, and not just in the movies, but also in the comics. Oh, you know, we have yeah. Castle, yeah. I know. And there are some really deep emotional scenes even after the movies that are not in the movies that are in the comics that just like really pull at my heart. And for those reasons, it, it's, it's Darth Vader all the way. He's... Yeah. Yeah. You think Star Wars, you think of the icon. I mean, after George Lucas, but right. Yeah. I mean, if we were doing a top five all time Star Wars characters, he would definitely be in my top five. I would hope so. <laughs> um, yeah. 
Now, um, before Although you... Nick Brogu might fight now at this point. <laughs> uh, so... I'm not picking between them because that's yeah. not happening. <laughs> Well, Charlie, before you you give me your your number one, um, I will say that I can, with ninety nine point nine 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 percent certainty, that your number one and my number one are the same. Oh, I cannot wait to hear this. Probably, probably so. I mean, yes, yeah. Um, um, also, would is, probably is it be Jartar. Just can I have a guess? Is it Darth Jar Jar? That's horrible. Darth, I wish. <laughs> I wish. If, um, they if they would have done that. Uh, this, I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. I'm sorry. This character would also be in my top five list of all time characters. So um, I'll go ahead and you and let you uh, let you say it, uh, Charlie. All right. So, uh, well, this character is my ultimate character of characters. Uh, he is uh, Mr. Star Wars. He is the originator of the originators. He is Sheev Palpatine, otherwise known as Stas Lord Sidious. I'm Fine number two. The, the strings that this guy pulls... Uh, the way that he influences everything, the way he completely hoodwinked the entire Jedi Order. Absolutely amazing. And then when you think that he's fallen down a reactor shaft and is blown up. <laughs> we see nobody. It's not real. He makes a dynamic an important return to carry on his legacy. <laughs> and I'm sure he's gone now. But the so. office <laughs> of the former emperor shall remain open. I think he's going to come back. I think he's going to come back. <laughs> so, so, yes, um, that, that's, my, that's my number one and my number one... Uh, character of all star wars my all-time favorite character as soon as i saw him in empire strikes back i wanted to know who he was and why he's in charge and absolutely fell in love with the character in return of the jedi and to see his origin story because yeah. uh you know yes the uh, the prequels were about anakin uh they were also about palpatine yeah, just and, as much about palpatine yeah yeah so yeah absolutely so yeah, um, as I suspected, your number one and my number one were the same. Amazing character. We talked a lot about him last week during mm -hmm. our Phantom Menace, and, and just what a genius he was, and uh, you know all and a very patient genius. Yes. Took him years and years to to take over the entire uh, galaxy. You know, two thousand years in the making. He finally he is the one that restores the Sith Empire, essentially. Uh, just amazing character. And, and I got to say, um, the, uh, the, um, the scene for, or the, uh, the trailer uh, for, uh, from uh, Celebration Chicago, uh, uh, we get to see him come out on stage 
and that was just amazing. Uh, and then uh, you got goosebumps, and um, the highlight of my Chicago celebration, or or at least one of the highlights, uh, was that I got to do a photo op with uh, Ian McDermott, and and that was. And what's funny is that I had that booked uh, a few months prior to going not having known that he was going to be in Rise of Skywalker. So as soon as that happened, <laughs> uh, all of the bookings were sold out. He was completely booked uh, for the entire weekend. And I was glad to have uh, booked that ahead of time. Uh, but yeah, I still have that picture somewhere. Probably have to put it on the wall and frame it or something. But um, yeah. It was just, it was just amazing. And, uh, you know, you walk up there and do the photo. I, you know, I, I've never really done one of these. Uh, this was a celebration. Chicago was actually my first con. Um, so I'd never really done any of this type of stuff, but the, uh, you know, you walk into that little photo room, uh, and, and I go to stand next to him and then he grabs me and I'm like, Whoa, he, he touched me. What, what? <laughs> but yeah. He, you know, he, uh, he puts his arm around me and we take the picture and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was just amazing. Uh, now we truth. You've been touched by the dark side. <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I got to meet the emperor and, uh, and that was, uh, that was just amazing. That's um, awesome. Yeah. Palpatine was definitely, uh, definitely my favorite Sith Lord. And uh, I don't think he's gone. <laughs> <gasps> All right, folks. Well, that wraps up uh, episode number 34 of Rogue One Radio. Uh, Nicole, it was very uh, fun having you on the show with us. I hope you come back sometime. Absolutely. Uh, thank everybody that came into the chat room uh, and engaged with us. That was great. And... Um, Hopefully everybody will be back next week when we do our discussion about Revenge of the Sith. Uh, and we'll have more news and more music and uh, everything else. And, and uh, I'm not sure who our guest is next week. Do you? Do we already have that lined up, Charlie? Uh, I think so. But uh, before we announce, let's uh, just make sure that uh, he, uh, he is willing to, to come in and he's not otherwise engaged. So... Okay. Uh, I think we have it nailed down, but we'll see. All right. Well, we'll announce that on Twitter uh, later in the week. Um, but in any case, uh, you have any uh, any final parting words, uh, Nicole or Charlie? I just want to say thank you guys so very much for having me on your show. It's been a delight. You know, Charlie and I have done shows before, but it's really good, really good to also to get to know you if you're on your show. So thank you so very much. You're very welcome. Come back anytime. Will do. <laughs> yeah. Um, no. Uh, yeah. Again, thanks, Nicole. Uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll chat on the uh, Discord server and uh, uh, get ready for some more Wandavision this week. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm excited for next week as well. Um, but uh, hopefully everyone has a great rest of their week and uh, may the force be with you. Absolutely. Have a great night. <laughs>